All right, everybody, welcome back. This is the third episode of the Identical Draw podcast. On today's episode, we have Barry Lee joining us. He's our first Colorado elk hunter. So we're going to have all sorts of conversations with the hunting that we've had and kind of go into just different stories. Yep, that sounds great. And this podcast is presented by Vortex Optics. always like to mention them at the beginning. They are a fabulous partner of ours. They support us fully and especially this whole new hunter campaign. They've been great sending us some optics that the new hunters can use and it's been awesome. So thank you Vortex. All right, here it is. Episode three. All right. So, like Tom mentioned, we have Barry Lee here as a guest. Barry, introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Barry Lee. Where are you from? And uh, let's hear some, uh, let's hear why you wanted to get into hunting. Just kind of give us right off the bat. Cool. Uh, yeah, Barry Lee. Um, I grew up in Portland, Oregon, but uh, I've lived all over uh, North Carolina, Montana. Now I live in New Mexico. Um a few years ago, um, I was on a, my profession is wildland fire. Uh, I work currently on the Sacramento Hotshot Crew out of South Central New Mexico. And uh, so what happened was um, I was on Lolo Hotshots based out of Missoula, Montana. And uh, one of our crew members, um, while we were on a fire in Nevada, suffered a fatal tree strike. Um, his name was Justin Beebe, and he was a um, stellar guy. Um, he was also an avid outdoorsman. He, uh, you know, being, a, being on a hotshot crew in Missoula, Montana was his dream job. So he was an avid fly fisherman and an avid hunter. Um, and I didn't know until recently that he actually did archery hunt but uh anyway um when he passed i picked up fly fishing as a way to connect with him and i would say hunting is an extension of that mm -hmm. gotcha that's awesome so your story was like the first one that thomas and i read that really connected with us and a lot of people like you were the first one where you're like this guy's video is gonna have to be really weird for him not to be on this elk hunt <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, and so was it only kind of weird? No, it was perfect. Oh. <laughs> it was perfect. So, I mean, that whole story about connecting is like a big reason why we hunt too. So that's what we were really drawn to in you. Um, tell us like, why'd you dive so hard into fly fishing? Like uh, what hooked you? Yeah. Well, all the pretty flies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, um, I mean, that first day I walked into the fly shop, it was like, what am I doing here, you know? And, you know, I'd, as a kid, I'd, you know, bobber fished a couple times with my dad who doesn't know how to tie a knot. So, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't ever a thing that I was interested in until, you know, I bought that fly rod. And from there, it just, it just snowballed into like, I mean, at first I wasn't catching anything. I bought, like, you know, when I get into something, I get into something. So I bought a fly rod, Sims waders, you know, like, fly box after fly box, you know, like, 
dudes are telling me, oh, yeah, try this out, try this out. And I got to a point where I was like, man, I, I shouldn't have bought all this stuff, man. I'm, I'm going to need to get rid of it. You know, I got to sell this. I'm sure I'll be able to find a place, someone to sell it to in Missoula, Montana. But then, you know, I persevered and I started catching fish and kept ke catching fish and um, started catching fish on flies that I was tying. And, you know, uh, I think just like the being outside, um, getting just like a gentle breeze, uh, you know, kind of reminds me of where I'm at and just um, being out there in the elements, whether it's steelheading or, you know, just stripping streamers on a, on a river. Like it, it just resonates with me. And then getting, go home and tie flies based on things I'd seen out there. Uh, it just, it just hooked me, man. And I'm diehard now. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. So <clears throat> I also want to hear about some of the first things you did with hunting you went out after turkeys pretty hard this spring and that was kind of your first dive into it. And this is your first, this is your first archery hunt and big game hunt, correct? A firm. Yeah. Okay. So tell us a little bit about that turkey hunt and then we'll kind of roll into this, this whole elk hunting adventure too. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I decided that I would give turkey a shot. I'd watched a few episodes of mediator, um, like that looks like something I could do and just like the whole um what I really like about one of the things I like about fly fishing is like learning what the fish are eating and trying to emulate that in some way um what I liked about turkey hunting was getting to interact with the with the animals in a you know a different way but uh you're still you're talking with them you're yelping and you're you know Anyway, so it took eight encounters with different toms for me to uh, really learn all the things that I needed to learn. And, I mean, I, th I feel like I'm really lucky to have that many encounters on public land um, with strutting goblin toms, you know, like. <laughs> there's nothing, I, there's no better hunt than a turkey hunt to get started as a new hunter. I mm -hmm. mean, you can screw up. And then those turkeys will forget in five minutes mm -hmm. and you have another shot sometimes, but oh man, just turkey hunting, like just the ease of it too. Just being able to roll out some evening, not have to worry about the wind or anything like that. Just listen to those gobbles calling somewhat easy. Um, it, you just can't beat it for a first hunt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, but like I had nobody teaching me. Anything. Yeah. I was just, you know, watching episodes of meter. I bought the, the volume two of, you know, hunting, butchering, cooking, wild game. Yep. And like, you know, read it over and over again, the, the turkey chapter and just like, you know, how did I screw that up? And I like, I have a journal in my hunting pack and I was like, you know, documenting everything I messed up on and trying to fix it next time. And, you know, eventually I got to a point where I was like, it's going to happen today. You know, like mm -hmm. I felt it and it was like the second to last day. So it had to happen, yeah. you know, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I uh, called this Tom in, and um, he didn't come strutting in. He was just kind of, you know, pecking around and kind of, you know, not not super gung ho or anything. But he got within range of my shotgun, and I uh, 
Yeah. I had some delicious turkey schnitzel, did he, schnitzel uh, that night. Did he gobble in, or is he quiet? He gobbled a couple times. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And, like, and if I might go back, that first morning, like opening morning when I was out, I, you know, I got there at 0400, you know, mm-hmm. like, I was like, I'm going to beat all the hunters out there, you know, because I'd seen a bunch of hunters, and so I was like, I'm, I'm augered in. And at, like, I, I have it written in my journal, but it was, like, 0530 or so, the first just, like, thunderous, like, boom, gobble. Like, and I was, like, like my heart was just pumping. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it kind of brought me back to being, like, you know, my first uh, first hit on a swung wet uh, steelhead fly, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, it brought me back to that excitement of just, like, smack, you know. It's just, mm-hmm. like, yeah, so. That's awesome. Yeah. We love turkeys. Yep. Oh, man. When they're they, fun, dude. They are there fun. were many years that we'd upset a bunch of hunters because we'd always say turkey hunting is our fave. <laughs> we'd be like, over deer and elk? And we're like, yeah, spring, spring's king. But Well, so far, it's my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it, just getting the Kansas City and being more involved with management. I think deer has leaped over turkey hunting, but it's still freaking close second. Mm-hmm. Real yeah. close second. So was it over this summer that you picked up the archery, or when did you pick up the archery? Uh, pretty much as soon as I heard that I was coming out hunting mm-hmm. with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had thought about buying a, hunt, a bow and then, you know, practicing over a couple of years and trying to get really proficient. Mm-hmm. But then you guys announced that uh, I'd be going out and I was like, holy crap. And, you know, bought the bir- the first Matthews bow I saw and, you know, spent more money than I should have. <laughs> <laughs> How's that learning curve been? With archery. Steep. Yeah. Steep. Yeah. Has, Almost as steep as these hills around here. Yeah. Has it been, is it a mixture of like good and frustrating or how's that been? Um, well, again, I'm doing it on my own. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the, the local guy at the shop in Cloudcraft where I live uh, has been helpful, but uh, um, yeah, so it's been frustrating. Like the first, the first shot I ever shot with a compound bow nailed it. I was like, oh, this is, mm-hmm. I got this. This ain't nothing, you know. And it quickly turned around. <laughs> I think I started overthinking it or something. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there's plenty of resources out there on YouTube and, and and even watching, like, you know, some of your guys' stuff, like, you know, looking at po- your postures and, and, and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. like, I feel like there are plenty of resources out there to get a new hunter. Definitely. At least, you know, with the basics. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. All right. So we were, we were talking about this earlier, but you found out about this opportunity through the first light post. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. And what were some of your hopes in hopefully winning this hunt and having a mentor? What were some things you were trying to like gain with this hunting with us? Well, uh, initially I wasn't even thinking like Colorado elk mm-hmm. because of, you know, the fact that, uh, work during this time of year is usually pretty busy yep uh it just worked out that i was able to make it here but um i was like you know yeah i'll just hunt whitetail with these guys or something Mm -hmm. it'd be a good first big game hunt or whatever and and then you guys said i was coming on the colorado hunt and i was like okay um so obviously it was like 
a series of things. Like, I feel like uh, I have a pretty good base knowledge in comparison to some other new hunters because of my profession, but um, I was wanting to learn the details. Mm -hmm. And so far, I've learned a lot of details the last three days that we've been out. Mm -hmm. But um, that's what I was hoping to learn. And also, I was hoping to get tips on shooting the bow, hoping Mm -hmm. to... um, get some encounters at, uh, and see your guys' reactions. Obviously, <laughs> it's been kind of a mixed bag of, yep. a, of a trip, but, you know, so be it. Um, so, yeah, does that answer the question? Mm-hmm. Yep. Pretty much just trying to, trying to get experience, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Um, the elk hunt has been tough. Mm-hmm. It's been really tough. We, Thomas, you want to take on... The first evening, yeah. Can I talk about that? I, I decided to go the the tree stand method over a wallow that I figured would not get hit very often. We we noticed, and from what we heard from people, that this is. I mean, there are more people here than tip, like what was typical, and we found that to be absolutely true. Our first two years elk hunting out here, we didn't run into a guy. I mean, we'd have mornings and evenings full of just beagles and beagles, like not even questioning if it's a dude or not. But we've I'd, uh, I'd say at least one of us has ran into one or up to three or four guys a night or a morning, like each hunt. Yeah, I mean, we let's just count them off. The first time out, this dude, I hit a bugle, and he basically came <laughs> right into us. Um, and then, I mean, last night we had three dudes. You had a guy yesterday. You ran into more guys than that, right, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, we did. Yeah. I, yeah, so, just dudes bugling. Yeah, oh, just man, nonstop. Man, mewing and yeah. So my first evening, I decided I'm going to go up to this wall, set up a tree stand. Everything was perfect. Like I set it up. I was just feeling good about it. Um, fresh elk sign around right at the base of my tree. I'm in a nice aspen. And sure enough, it's 530. And I hear like stomping on the hillside, rocks falling. And I get a group of cow and calves to come in. Which, I mean, I haven't had a close encounter like this in the last couple of years of elk hunting, personally, with bow in hand. And I knew, like, before the trip, I was going to take a cow or a bull, like, whatever presented. And um, sure enough, I get an opportunity at a cow. And, I mean, to, as easily as it is to say, it's like, I, I just screwed it up. Like, I, as you could, I mean, I got elk fever. I guess you could call it elk fever. And, um I mean, it was an easy shot. It should have been like just a free throw, just super easy. But I, my mistake was I just didn't stop this cow and she did like probably half a step from when I released the arrow from where I, where I was aiming and it just hit back. And it was a shot that I was, I didn't like worry about it right away. It's like, Oh, it's back, but we're going to find this elk. Like it's at least, at least like really good liver shot. And I mean, when she stands there for probably 10, 20 minutes, um, she, like she's hurting, then she just walks off. And I knew like, I'm going to give her time. I'm going to get down from the tree stand in a little while, just hike down and come back in the morning. I followed blood just to see what's there, probably 40 yards max. And there's good blood right away. Good dark blood. I can tell it's liver for sure. And go, go out, um, talk to the guys. And I mean, we, we, I mean, we both kind of concluded, um, that this was hopefully going to be a down elk. And, uh, the unfortunate thing is I was self-filming and as soon as I shot, she stepped out of frame. So I don't have the shot placement either. Um, so I screwed up everything that night basically. And yep, <laughs> we wake up, we wake up early that next morning and we look for like six, 
I don't even know how many hours. Track blood for probably 200, 300 yards, mm-hmm. about. And we get to a spot. Like, I could, like, draw it out of my head right now. We were there so much. Yeah. Um, th- I mean, there's good blood in this spot, and then it's just gone. Like, the m- no more. The most amount of blood out of, like, a single area we had. Yeah. And then just, just we, I mean, we circled that area. Like yeah. four yeah. hours out of there. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, like we gritted. Um, like we were just, I mean, I can like, it was good. Like we, that we were 200, walking. 300, we were walking blood, 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 blood. Mm-hmm. I was like, we're just going to come up on this cow. Nothing. Once we got to the area. Um, I mean, we checked every Avenue she, she could have gone. We, I mean, gritted the area looking for like a place she could have bedded a pool of blood or body and nothing, no sign after that. Um, so that was heartbreaking. I mean, I, there was a lot of like tracks around there too. Yeah, there were track. Yeah. Either. Yeah. That group must have confused us as well when they went through there. And, um, I mean, it was tough. I thought I was confident we were going to be packing elk meat down. Yeah. Just, I mean, right away seeing the blood, I was like, okay, that's pretty good. Like I know elk are tough, but I think we've, we've got her, but I just could not believe how. I mean, after finding that last spot of decent amount of blood, just not a prick anywhere, not a pin yeah. drop of blood. It just was, it was amazing. So, yeah. but, um, I've just kept hunting this wall because I know elk are going to come visit again. And, um, all but one evening I've been there the next, uh, the next morning, um, the morning after we searched all day, um, I had another, um, encounter with an elk and a dude a guy ripped off two bugles down for me just a couple hundred yards i could tell most likely it was a guy he just couldn't get to those high-pitched notes that a big bull elk will and then a real elk bugled up top on the mountain i was like okay that's a real bull and he's even closer i bugle back the real bull goes again the guy goes again sure enough after i don't know five ten minutes however long i was staring over in that direction i see the dude he comes walking right to me um, Beagle's probably 10 yards from my stand. Doesn't know I'm there. <laughs> and then he takes like three more steps. He's like, oh, oh, hey. And he starts laughing and he's a younger guy. And um, then he, he talks about how he he had his bull come 35 yards shot way over his back. Um, and that was that. But uh, yeah, running into another dude, if he wasn't there, I, th- I think I have a good chance because that bull is definitely hot. He came right to the call- calls and that guy just happened to be closer than I was. So he got the shot opportunity, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna be. You can find me at that wall the next week. I'm just gonna be there morning and evening. I'm sitting until 11 a.m. usually at least, and then I'll go back up at like three ish. So um, it's just a matter of time, I think, before they pop up in that wall again. So you've been hanging out there, and Barry and I have just been putting on the miles on these mountains. Basically, I mean, we've had we've had a morning plan, had an afternoon plan, just gone, hiked a bunch. We've had, we've gotten into a few elk bugles, but it's been pretty tough. We've been bumping into a lot of dudes and going to a deer too. Deer too. Yeah. (laughs) We haven't seen deer. Um, I mean, it's hard to tell with how many hunters there are. If like what you're hearing is a bugle, like that's been, that's been a struggle this trip that I've never had up here. I mean, what I hear when I expect it to be a dude, what frustrates me more than anything is that, how I wish we were better elk hunters when it was good, when this unit yeah. wasn't so busy. We would have killed bulls every year. Mm-hmm. Those first two years, 
no matter what. I mean, easy, mm-hmm. no dudes at all. But now we're freaking, we finally figured it out and there's dudes everywhere. So we're trying to hit those spots, those little pockets that elk will hopefully hang out that the guys are pushing them to that and they just don't know those spots. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the plan, but man, it's a lot easier said than done. Yeah. So, I mean, we've been, we've worked, I mean, a bunch of different mountain ranges and I mean, we haven't seen an elk on our hunts yet. We have not seen an elk. We, we know there's one spot where we were for sure listening to a bull and we're going to go back there this evening. Actually. Um, that's been like, honestly, the only place where you're like, that is 100% bull bugling. So, I mean, it's been a rough trip. We've been putting on some serious miles and there's basically nothing else we can do besides just putting in our time and hoping that something works out. But the bulls have been quiet. I mean, it's, uh, September 19th. Um, shouldn't be quiet. Shouldn't be quiet, but they are. And I think, I'm thinking a lot of the reason has to do with that pressure. I mean, I mean, every hunter we we have encountered is bugling a lot more than us. Yeah. I mean, multiple times, just constantly. Um, I'm bugling maybe, maybe once in the morning, trying to get something just to give me their location. Um, and in the evening, I usually, we're not bugling until we maybe hear something. Um, I mean, I think the way we're going to kill them is just we get lucky with one talking once or twice or three times, and we're just able to get on them quiet because... I think they're shutting down with bugles and if we talk, then we attract other hunters and it just, it's rough. So we've, it's basically cover all the mountains, just walk all over the place and hopefully you stumble upon some before somebody else does, which is frustrating because of how much sign, like fresh, fresh signs out there. Mm -hmm. You know, they're out there and we know they are. It's just like, yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, we're going to stay at it. Um, but it's been rough so far. We just need public we just, land. It's public land. We just need something to work in our favor once. That's all it takes. I mean, we know there's, there's a good amount of elk here around this area. We just got to have luck with being able to get to some before other dudes do, or I mean, something like that. So, yeah. um, yeah. So I've been, I'm Nate talking I think you can probably catch on to that by now, but, um, I've been hunting with Barry for most of the week. Thomas joined just one evening. Um, and I would say a few things like you're more advanced of a new hunter than we've had like yeah. with your like fire background and stuff like that. So that's been really awesome. I mean, I don't need to be talking to you about wind direction, figuring all that. I don't need to talk to you about approaching them. You know, what a fresh sign looks like, which is awesome. I mean, to have that base is like really helpful. Yeah. Um, what things do you think that you can add to your repertoire with hunting that you can take home hopefully for future hunts? Uh, well, I would say like, what have I got from this, from this experience? Uh, yeah, I, I would say the, um, the archery side of it is probably something I'm not going to really be able to pursue as much, but, like moving forward, I'm going to find those opportunities because of my, you know, work. Mm -hmm. Um, but having said that, like, uh, I mean, just watching you guys shoot and watching you guys, you know, um, move around in the woods with a bow. Like, I feel like I can, um, I've just learned a few things like that. I mean, like, it's really hard to pinpoint exactly all the things I've learned. Um, until I think I go out solo and like be like, Oh yeah, I remember when Thomas mm-hmm. said this or, you know, um, when, uh, when Nate would, 
went around. And one of the things, actually, because there's, uh, there's been a few times where I would have walked a different direction. And, like, for instance, we hear a bugle. Like, my instinct is just beeline it to the darn thing, you mm -hmm. know? But you guys have been have showed me the benefit of, like, moving around and using the terrain and the the foliage, the, the the woods to to get around and and you know hopefully approach a animal in a in in the, in the correct way. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I guess I would take that with me, and then um, I can't think of any specific examples right now. Mm -hmm. but I know I've learned a lot. Yeah, so I mean, it's been tough because we haven't had that that animal interaction. Because I think right, that is that's right. a huge thing. Um, I mean, you guys haven't seen a elk. No, yet. we haven't. Yeah, no, it's, it's been freaking insane. But um, we in the getting people out hunting, like new hunters' world. There's a lot of discussion of like, what are the biggest hurdles for a new hunter to come out in the hunting industry? And people like Fitness. to twiddle their thumbs. And what for you? Like, what are some of the, those biggest hurdles? I think time is probably the biggest thing, maybe. But what are yeah. some things that that you had to overcome? So, yeah, I, I, I think it circles back to archery because I wasn't able to practice as much as I would have preferred mm -hmm. to prior to coming out on this hunt. Um, so that was a huge hurdle for me. And, you know, I, I would say I'm, at least I can get, you know, an arrow at 30 yards in, in, in the general area that I intend to. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, I mean, it, had we had a, an encounter, you know, it just would have had to... I think my nerves would have been had had to have been right for me to actually take the shot. But mm -hmm. and if you know if that happens at night, I don't care how long we've been hunting, mm -hmm. you know, and how hard we've been hunting. Like, like if it just doesn't feel right, it just doesn't mm -hmm. feel right. Right. Um, so I guess that in and of itself is is kind of a uh, is a hurdle. You know, like um, being confident enough to to take the shot, and mm -hmm. then also, um, I guess. For me, there's a little bit like, you know, I've, I've viewed elk through a di very different lens for many, many years, you know, um, and now I'm viewing them to the intent of killing one, mm -hmm. you know, so that for sustenance and for, um, for experience and, and, and uh, I guess, so there is, there is that, I don't think it would play a huge factor, but um, I think for any new hunter, I, or, or, I mean, t tell me if I'm wrong. You guys too. I mean, like, does that thought ever go through your head? Like, like I'm going to kill this animal or, or is, it, is mm -hmm. it just like instinct? You guys just let that fly. No, it's not fly. It's, it's constant thought and it's, it never like lessens. I mean, it's life right? and you got to take it very seriously every single time. Yep. I mean, we have strict boundaries of, how far we want to shoot an animal going into hunt and yeah. things like, just like you've got like, Hey, 30 is my max and that's what I'm doing. And you got to stick to those things kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you can't take that lightly because once you, once you do, then something will get screwed up and that's about the worst thing that an archery hunter has to deal with. So Barry, how well do you know that, um, archery tech that you got the bow from? Uh, I mean, he's a, an acquaintance, I guess. Gotcha. Call it. I'm going to give you, like, I'm going to give you some tips. Like I don't, as we kind of explained, like we want to give you a bunch of tips, but we don't want you to like, like just change it. Like we don't expect you just to change all these things and then go out yeah. and then like not do what you used to. But I'm going to definitely give you some tips, like 
just with um, form and stuff that you can take and kind of practice more and like before your next is that you're doing a coos hunt right coos deer yeah but that's a rifle hunt but oh that's a rifle mean, hunt you know tomorrow i'm i'm hunting solo yeah when yeah my tag doesn't expire till the 30th so i might exactly just... yeah no i'll send you home with some with some stuff and i think there's some like i'm surprised that the archery tech is gave you some tips and is letting is like if, has he watched you shoot yeah a little bit I'm surprised that he wouldn't like make more adjustments, I guess. Cause I think there are some things like, like the D loop length and stuff like that, that isn't pretty, isn't very typical that like, I would like recommend having like a shorter D loop and, yeah. and, and stuff like I that. Mean, it's pro- probably comes back on me a little bit for not like, you know, pressing him, you know, oh, yeah. it's like, Hey, what's this all about? You know, like I, I mean, yeah. he sold me his, uh, <laughs> bow so he could upgrade to, a, you know, a, yeah. a, a newer, uh, one. So, yep. I mean, you know, I took his used bow and, you know, I uh, just, I guess, assumed it was dialed in for me. Yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. So, cool. But, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Chat about that later on. Huh? Yep. <laughs> we'll see you at Nate. That's all the questions I got, but I want to know more about um, what you plan on doing, like, the next few days, because we've got Tommy coming in tomorrow so you're going to just kind of stay in this general area and try to find I'm yourself an elk. tell you where i'm hunting now. yeah <laughs> we're going to run no, into barry every hunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh you guys are up here again yeah, hey. oh, that's weird yeah. hey you don't mind if i use your stand do you <laughs> yeah, no yeah during the three hours i'm not there <laughs> uh yeah so um part of the plan uh, my initial plan was i'd come hunt with you guys learn as much as i could and then if uh, if we didn't uh, get an animal down, uh, I would go on a backcountry kind of excursion, bring the rod, you know, um, and just get way way back in there, BFE. But mm-hmm. driving up in here, I mean, you guys said it. I mean, it's just it is. I mean, there's horse trailers parked at you know a lot of those backcountry um, um, trailheads. So it's mm-hmm. just you know I'm. So the first day I was here, I got here a day before uh, Tom and Nate here. Uh, I spooked a five by five bull um, while I was fishing. So, and he was in a he was no more than a hundred feet from the road. And there's just something that tells me, you know, what if he's just kicking it there? You know, what if what if like what if I can find some fresh sign? You know, I'm just gonna check it out. Might um, put on the old waders and grab all my gear, set up a little camp across the river. Um, there's a few uh, areas I've identified using um, using Onyx. Like, there's a couple series of benches in there, as well as uh, some spring creeks, things like that. That I might I might just go still hunt and mm-hmm. and see what I can find and. Um, yeah, uh, and then, you know, I, and I might just kind of be a little bit more mobile, you know, if I don't find anything there. But I kind of just want to pick out the, the areas where other hunters aren't going to yep. be hunting. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to try to avoid, like, hiking up to the highest ridge I can find because, honestly, that's, like, my first inkling, inkling is is to, like, I mean, sometimes, we you know, hunting with you, Nate, like, we've we've – 
we've stayed kind of mid slope. Mm -hmm. We've we we did go up top that one day, mm -hmm. that first day, but then we've also been kind of hunting the bottoms and up to mid slope. And um, my I like I was like, well, you got to go up to the ridge, man. Mm -hmm. That's where they're all the bulls are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to you know just go all all out, you know. And, um, so I mean, I, I might just see what's up there so I can resolve that um, urge. Yeah. <laughs> And and then you know learn why you guys are doing it a certain way because I I'm thick scold you know I, dude and if you find something that works we're still I mean right this is our fourth year we're still figuring it out we've yeah. we've ran into elk places that were like what there's elk here kind of thing and right. I mean the thing about this with all the people around I feel like they're in places that you wouldn't consider um, and those are the types of places that you try to think of and and work on but yeah. I mean, it's hard here, especially with this layout. So we're kind of in a valley with some cabins and basically we've got a few mountain ranges at the side hill we have pretty good access to, but once you get up on top, like on this mountain range right behind us, there's, there's road access on the backside. So it's like, that's what bites us in the butt. Yeah. Like even over here, like the, each mountain range, there seems to be a road on the other side. It's not like, it's not, we're not in one of those areas where if you can, if you just hike for miles, you're going to get away. Mm, no. I, that more than likely right. that's not the case. So. Yeah, that's that's a difficult yeah, part about this, and that makes sense why we're not like, going all the way to the top. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, yeah, looking at the maps and stuff, it's like there's roads everywhere, man. Yeah, and that's what I love. I mean, I I appreciate the access. Mm -hmm. It's good that we have access to our public lands, but you know, can we just like close one? Yeah, <laughs> for yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I love about hunting. Like, even if it's slow, and I'd say, I mean, our hunt the last four whatever days could have been slower. And yeah. I, I, it wasn't ideal, but you learn something, even if we didn't hear a beagle once or anything, you always learn something like mm -hmm. you at least know where elk aren't, you know, what the pressure's like, where elk going to be like, no matter what you go away from every hunt, learning something. One interesting thing that I was talking to Barry about was when I find, well, when, when uh, a new hunter comes and bugles at me, um, I like to pick away apart, like what, what was that hunter thinking when he was like, when he thought I was a bull, like I was telling Barry, the first dude that came right into our set, I, we were basically underneath him and his wind would have been coming straight down to us. Right. And I'm like, what is oh, that yeah. guy thinking? Point, like, yeah. even if I was a bull, maybe I'm he's got some nose, dude. he's got some nose jammer on. Yeah. I mean, he got, he was probably a hundred yards and I put my binos up and spotted him and I was like, um, even if I was an elk. <laughs> I'm smelling you, homie, and I'm getting out of town. And so I'm like, if I was him, I would have done this kind of thing. And then even last night, we were on this yeah. side, and we th we're pretty certain we were listening to a bull. It was either 100%. Corey Jacobson or a bull. <laughs> and, and sure enough, Steve we're just dog. hanging out there waiting for him to talk again. And this guy just comes barreling out right into the meadow. Right and I'm like, bro, your wind like would scream prime time, like prime Your time. thermals are going right down to where we heard the elk. You're you're showing yourself to the entire meadow and valley. It's like just some simple things. Like I, I, I don't love when they interrupt the hunt, but I also can, we can take, I can take things from them be like that. I would do that and I would do that and I would not do that. So that was I wouldn't it. sag your pants. Either. No, yeah, that was, that was a good laugh at the end of it. Dude, yeah. I got, I pulled my binos and this dude, I mean, he's got super saggy pants, like down to his butt. And he's got like a like a nineteen eighties bow. Like it's old like gray real tree kind of stuff. Yeah. It was it was just it got a good laugh. And I was like, there's no way that guy be I mean, maybe he did, 
but I was like, those had to be elk, but it was just a good laugh to end the, in the walk back. You gotta, you, you can't let yourself get frustrated every time you see a dude because yeah. you would just, your hunt would be over. You just got to just got You just got to make fun of him. For yeah. <laughs> how did he? How does he cross lots? Yeah, we were like, how does he cross on this deadfall with these pants <laughs> sagging? And that's another thing to kind of point out was like, there was like some kind of storm came mm-hmm. through. I mean, there was a snow on the ground, mm-hmm. which is atypical. Yep, we've summer. never had snow up here. During and this then, and then with that storm, uh, knocked a bunch of branches out of the the the, the aspen. So mm-hmm. it's just like. There's way more stuff on the ground than way more. Than there. Getting around has been tough. Yeah. And it's also, we've been having like single bugle or like two bugles every morning and evening, maybe. And when you just get that one, you get like a general idea where they're at. Yeah. But you don't know exactly where and with how loud it is and how much deadfall. It's like getting through there. Do I want to just trample through this place and make a big, loud mess? And we've, we've, honestly been like sitting back more and just listening hoping that they'll sound off again so we can get a better idea on where they are but we're just not getting more than one or two bugles and that's been tough so we try to move through it slowly and quietly but it's hard coming back to what you were talking about nate what i've learned from the hunters that i've called in is like what what do i pick out of their bugle that i'm like oh that's a dude and i kind of like use that like for the guy that was that came right underneath my stand he had a decent bugle, but he, when he tried to get to that high, he just plateaued and he didn't get to that like real pitch, but like his, his chuckles at the end were, were decent. And I think that's like what made me like, Oh, that's 50, 50. That's, that's most likely a dude, but it could be a bull. It could be a different just sounding bull. But I, I always kind of think of that with my own bugle and how I can change, like what our hunters hearing from my bugle that they're like, Oh, that's a dude. Mm-hmm. I think I can. I, I can get up to the high note really well. I think I need to slow my progression up and then work on the chuckles at the end. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to tell because young bulls will have this weird bugle. You know, sometimes they won't always hit the high note and sometimes they'll be really fast about it. Sometimes they'll just like, but that's do sometimes some dudes too. Yeah. So it's people always are like, man, I never want to get called in by a hunter and stuff. But it's like, I mean, if you're really smart about it, you should be treating every bugle like, like an elk. And if, if it ends up being a dude, it's a dude. But if it ends up being an elk, then glad you were careful about it. Right. Yeah. I've noticed twice that I've hesitated calling mm-hmm. like, because I, it could have been a dude. I'm like, well, if that's a bull, I'm really screwing this up. Yeah. But right. that's the, the first evening. Well, and if it is a dude, why not? Yeah. Why not bugle back? Yeah. Well, you know? I was the first evening, the, those bugles, I was like, you know, bugling back tells me if it's a bull or if it's a dude, because I feel like if, if it does bugle back, it gives me another chance to listen to see if it is a bull, but it also if they hit it immediately, a lot of the times that's a dude, <laughs> like, cause the guys get all excited about hearing a bull bugle and stuff like that. And that first night we were kind of, both of us are saying like in our guys, like, ah, I just don't think that's an elk the way he's responding and how early he's talking and stuff. And sure enough, yeah. Yeah. Joe came around the corner. There he was. <laughs> so yeah it's been a good hut but it, it's made us work too so i hope we haven't bored you too much barry um no, we've, we, i've this, loved hunting none yet, of this so. is boring boring to me and you know i've had a great time i mean there's you know it's we're rolling with the punches man it's mm-hmm. you know that's that's what life is I mean, mm-hmm. like you just you play the hand you're dealt and yeah you know make the best of it i mean I, it wouldn't be fair 
it wouldn't be fair if Barry had a had an antelope hunt like Brian, <laughs> yeah. like day one, just yeah. shoots a yeah. yeah, shoots a nice a nice goat. But so I think I feel like this is a good hunt to give Barry some some steam ahead, and and I don't know, it, yeah. sure I hope in the next. So we've got this evening hunt, and then tomorrow morning we're doing a quick hunt. So hopefully we can get an elk spotted at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That. Well, to me it's like you know I I was telling Nate I did three seasons of steelhead hunt, winter steelhead hunting and the first cast i put into a pool i with a fly tight it was like this steelhead ate it jumped out of the water spit it out and i was like okay this is the steelhead thing is mm-hmm. easy man whatever mm-hmm. well it took me three seasons and three states and uh, a trip to bc to, to <laughs> To learn enough to be able to, you know, do everything right when I when it finally happened and it did, and I, you know, and so like I mean, like this isn't the end of elk hunting for me, you know. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, I don't I don't give up easy, mm-hmm. but yeah, good. You know, when it, you know, like this this just kind of brings me back to to that, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm just I'm stoked to be here. Man. I'm glad that we had you in this hunt because you're. It, it seems like you're a very mindful person, and you also are like take things as they come and just roll with the punches. And that's what you have to do on these hunts. Yeah. You have to appreciate what you get. And what we get every hunt is a great view, hmm, a nice yeah. workout. Sometimes. Hey, and I've been getting to fish every day. Yeah. Which I yeah. don't get to do. Dude, me and, me and so. Nate have been taking our, our midday snooze and Barry gets back. <laughs> yeah. He barely steps foot in the cabin. He's like, I'm going fishing. <laughs> yeah. And he goes and smacks the Browns. Well, but. come on. There's like, there's, there's, small spring creeks around here there's a major river i mean mm-hmm. what yeah perfect how can i not fish it yeah you know, I mean, it's what heaven looks like a little yeah. bit yeah so you just gotta you gotta take the little things that you get and just enjoy them i mean yeah i mean sometimes the best part of you is just cracking that cold one after a terrible <laughs> terrible hunt yeah yeah but i would say too i mean i learned a lot from helping you track that mm. oh yeah that cow man i mean like it didn't end great but you know that that in itself is is another lesson but i mean like seeing the blood walking the blood trail the the realism of it the like holy crap is you know like and then i don't know like that whole experience was was pretty darn valuable for yeah me, you know yeah and and there's so many lessons in that like if you keep at this which i'm sure you will like eventually something like this will happen it's happened to both of us um and it's 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 the worst part about hunting. But yeah. as a hunter, you just have to, even if you haven't done it before, you have to just be ready to take responsibility for it when it does happen. Because yeah. like even if you're a perfect shot, um, it happens. Like animal turns right. or ducks, or, there's something crazy that's going to happen, and a, a bad shot's going to be made. So you just have to be ready to be able to take responsibility and do your best to try to find the animal. It's fickle, man. Archery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Fickle. I mean, there's the margin of error, especially on these elk. It is. If I make that shot mm-hmm. on a goat, mule deer, whitetail, I'm finding that mm-hmm. that deer, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But elk, I mean, I bet she just went a long way. You know, I, she could have climbed you know up. What, you know, you know, how there's like shade under each tree, and mm-hmm. under, or of course there's shade under trees. The <laughs> snow is what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. There's like so much snow out mm-hmm. there. How was there not a single drip of blood on mm-hmm. any of the snow? I was checking all the the little patches back. Back to the tracking for one more. <laughs> yeah, for one more second. More we got to. We, I mean, it was a pretty easy, two hundred fifty, three hundred yards. Once we got to there, we tore that place apart. 
I mean, to, like, apart. like hands and knees type, like looking, like staring at stuff. Like we think about leaving and we're like, okay, 10 more minutes, get on your yeah. knees, look for the pin drop. And then well, after that, those hours of things, I mean, we did a full on circle of body searching around the area. Yeah. Like where did she we, go? We went low. We went high. We went yeah. everywhere. I mean, and like we played all the snares out like multiple times. There are some points in like Nate White doing this. They're like, like we've gone over this. Like, yeah, she could have gone there, oh, there, there, does, not there. And it just, it drives me nuts. Yeah. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I know somewhere on that mountain, there's another drop of blood. <laughs> and that's what like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Just point me in the right direction. I mean, uh, yeah. You know, on like yeah. crime shows where they use like ultraviolet light. Mm-hmm. I have an ultraviolet light in my fly tying gear. Okay, <laughs> we, we can go back up there yeah, and try to get. <laughs> but what was the trip? It was like you know, right where the blood trail ended, there was like maybe like three ways she mm-hmm. may have went, mm-hmm. and everywhere else was just jack strawed, um, deadfall, yep. just dead and down everywhere, and it was like even if she had jumped over some of that stuff, at least a drop of mm-hmm. blood would have been there. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, just like, it was like a dead end, just like a straight up. We, I mean, we debated like, did she bed cul-de-sac. down there a little bit? But if she would have bedded, I mean, I think we would have had a little more blood for sure. Yeah. Right. But it was like, did she go there, pause, look around and change direction? And that's what we were doing. I mean, we were checking downhill. We even did, like we did the backtrack thing, mm-hmm. did that whole system, but man, just sometimes but like in, even if she did backtrack yeah like it, it's like near impossible to tell where she would have ticked you know mm-hmm. like maybe she circled went back the way she came but like at what point did she tear off of the yeah mm-hmm. exactly trail? Mm-hmm. you know it's like i followed it all the way back to basically where first blood was and looking for like any sign of like her going a different direction off the trail and there's nothing in yeah she lives to tell the story, maybe. <laughs> That's half of why I'm hunting that wallow. I mean, if she is super tough. I might see her again. Yeah, she might want to go back for that water or whatever. But, man, that and we should note that the arrow, I mean, mm-hmm. lodged all the way in her. Like, she walks away, and all I can see is the tips of my fletching. Like, it's that she was quartering away, too, which was going so you for had, me. There was an entrance and an exit. Woo, yeah, that there was, was. Dripping blood. Yep. I mean... Elk are tough, period. Yeah. So we can wrap it up. I mean, it's been a great hunt. We've still got an evening and a morning. And then I've got four or five and then, more days. Yep. And Barry's like, hey, if I kill something, I'm going to come and get you guys. We're going to go pack this <laughs> thing out. Because you'll be hunting within probably a handful of miles, yep. I mean, yeah, in this area. Close. So, yeah, it's been great having you on this hunt. I mean, you're an awesome guest. We've, we have been extremely blessed with our new hunters. They've been yeah. awesome. And this next one, hopefully he's good. He's our brother-in-law. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, for not, not as tough as Barry. Just kidding, Tommy. <laughs> Barry, um, I, I want to cover quickly. Do, like, can you explain your ritual to people before you start every hunt? Like as like respect for Justin, I think that's pretty cool. Mm. Uh, yeah. So every time I go to a new river, um, the tradition has been, you know, spill a little bit of whiskey out for Justin. Um, and I, um, I do it on every single stream that I've, I've fished. So, uh, and I, I did that on my turkey hunt and I did it here. Mm-hmm. And each, each draw we've been up, I'm, you know, some of them don't even really have a name, but, you know, mm-hmm. 
or each day when we start a hunt, then uh, you know, just spill a little bit out. Um, depends on how early it is. But <laughs> I usually don't take a drink if it's yeah oh five hundred yeah. That's like kind of similar to what we do for first fish with like mm-hmm. rod. Like mm-hmm. we always we always throw back that big one. Sometimes dad gets mad at us because it's the keeper, <laughs> yeah. of course. But we let him swim and uh, just kind of a respect thing. It's, and it gets me hunting in this area. This is. It's an impossible elk unit, but I just have to hunt it because I feel like our buddy Rod, who has this cabin in this valley, who, I mean, he elk hunted up here forever and he, he was a good family friend and he passed away from cancer. It's just like, you can't help, but just think he's here with us, you know, just, I mean, going on these hunts and we were joking like, yeah, he's, he's definitely hanging at the cabin right now. I mean, it's elk season rods here. It's just like, you can't help, but feel that pres- presence. That's what I love about hunting. Just being able to connect and just just right. feel that it's i i haven't gotten it with anything else i've done in my life like like yeah. i have with the outdoors fishing and hunting so it's special i'm not i'm not a particularly i'm not religious and i'm not particularly spiritual either mm-hmm. um but there is something about the pursuit of an animal or a, you know a fish mm-hmm. that stirs something up within you you oh, know yeah. like it like and it's hard to explain and there's definitely been times when i've been out in the the turkey woods or the the trout rivers um, where i feel a presence and Mm -hmm. i i can't really say that it's justin Mm -hmm. but my gut tells me it is Mm -hmm. you know so um you know and you know every time i spill that whiskey out i thank him for introducing me all to all this you know Mm -hmm. this is a world where that i didn't you know think i would I thought I might try, but I didn't think it would be such a overwhelming passion. So. Yeah. But yeah. That's awesome. Well, better end it there. Barry, cool. thanks for joining us the last couple of days and good yeah. luck as we kind of keep elk in the next night. couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. All right on.